This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Not going to lose by nine points. This is a close race. And there are warning signs there. I will say, though, I'm a little tired of it. I'm a little tired of three years hearing about how Joe Biden's going to get crushed. He's going to get crushed in 2020. He and the Democrats are going to get crushed in 2022. There's going to be a red wave. There's no way he can pass bipartisan legislation. He passes more than anybody this exactly. century. And it just keeps going on and well, there's, on. There's a bunch of things at play. And, and to jump on what you're saying, uh, if these truth tellers would say, you know, it doesn't look good, these polls don't look good, but we've been here before. Let me give some context. Historically, look what happened the last time. He was underestimated. And also in terms of his age, look at what President Biden is doing. Go through his schedule. Look at the things that he has accomplished. List them. And then talk about a man his age and what he is able to do at his age since age is relative. And, and as for Donald Trump, I think that there has got to be a point where if you're an organization that works around debating the issues and following the truth, I don't know why there are extensive interviews with this man when he cannot even admit he lost the election. Like that would be the end of any interview anywhere, or it should be, and instead he pontificates and, and, and rolls over people with lies, and people continue to put him on as if he is a truth teller. Well, I mean, you, you look at John. And, and he's not a truth teller. Charlie Sykes, you're in uh, one of the swingiest of the swing states, Wisconsin, right now. I'm, I'm curious your take on the polling. Well, I mean, uh, obviously, the, the the Washington Post poll, uh, the ABC poll, is uh, is fuel for bedwetting. But uh, I mean, let's just think about the last three days where where we where we're at here. Uh, Donald Trump mocked a disabled veteran, called for the uh, execution of General Mark Milley, uh, has called for the complete shutdown of the government unless they defund the prosecutions against him. He's asked for all Senate Democrats to resign over the Menendez uh, case, um, and. Um, you know, he's talking about using government power to retaliate and shut down NBC for criticizing him. And yet, and yet we look at this poll and we're supposed to think that he's got a reasonable shot to win the presidency. And, of course, he does. Look, um, that ABC poll is an outlier. You look at the numbers of youth voters and it tells you, no, there's no way that Donald Trump is winning the youth vote. Um, this this is not to be taken seriously. But the warning signs are out there. And the NBC poll, I think, underlines, along with other polls, that this is going to be a tight race. It is going to be a, a, a close race, as as have all of our presidential races in, in recent years. And it is going to come down to some swing states. But this notion that somehow um, there is no such thing as political gravity anymore is kind of fanciful, because Donald Trump mm -hmm. is out there reminding Americans as loudly as possible that he is thoroughly dangerous and deranged. And at some point, 
um, I think that's going to get a little bit of traction. This is the season where you're firing blanks. Yeah. You can say that, yeah, Joe Biden's too old or the, that I'm not enthusiastic about him. But a year from now, we're going to be faced very directly with the choice. Are we going to put Donald Trump back in the White House again? Deranged and dangerous. Monday, 25 September, year of earlier 2023. Please, those audience members or maybe people new to the show that don't quite get it, we play a lot of MSNBC and CNN because we want to show you the thinking of the establishment, the information work for the establishment, what they're putting forward. doesn't help us to put all the other voices on the right that are out there. You understand that. We're trying to, in an information war, you must understand the enemy. You must understand this. So right there, oh, they're outliers. These polls are nothing. No way he's winning the youth vote. And he's dangerous and destructive. Full, complete meltdown. Two incredibly powerful forces over the weekend. This about the funding of the United States government and the bankruptcy that the elites in this country and the Uniparty, their apparatchiks in the Uniparty are driving us through. And then, of course, these polls that came out, even NBC's got uh, Trump up over Biden and ABC's got him up by 10 points. And on both polls, those are not the worst numbers for the Biden regime. The undercard of that, the uh, crosstabs are absolutely brutal. Caroline Wren, I want to bring you in because you've been with Kerry Lake up in Michigan and other places. You've been around with the grassroots throughout the country. I, I want to talk about this overall, what's happening in the imperial capital how that's playing in the hinterland, but also one of the you, you keep flashing the sign that, hey, some of these special elections that are happening, uh, more Democrats are showing up. Are these are small sample polls, but that the at the state apparatuses, whether we're winning in North Carolina with the legislature, but losing in other states. Right. With this redistricting right. fights or in court redistricting fights. And then what's happening at the state parties right now with real MAGA is a right. warning sign you want to get up that, hey, if we want to really win, we're going to have to bring the heat. Caroline Wren. Right. Well, I like what you, I love that you played that clip. And I like what you said about knowing our enemy. I feel very strongly about this. In fact, um, I listen to the bulwark every day. And people always ask me, the bulwark is a bunch of disinfected Republicans, you know, Charlie Sykes, Tim Miller, Sarah Longwell, these folks. And I like to listen because I want to know what our enemies and the people who are against us are talking about. And what was fascinating, in fact, Sarah Longwell did a uh, focus group with Jake Tapper. This is a podcast that dropped a couple days ago. And 100% of the respondents, for the first time ever, said they were voting for Donald Trump in this focus group. And she was talking about how a few months ago it was 55% Trump and then like 40% DeSantis, zero for DeSantis. So, I mean, they, and just listening to them just be like, and playing what these focus group, what these people were saying in them was so amazing. It was that they felt like they were, you know, not originally with Donald Trump, but watching the government weaponize against him made them realize, wow, he must be strong. So while the, the Democrats and the Uniparty think that they're killing us, they think that they're killing Trump, they are doing the opposite. All the signs are there. I don't think that Washington Post ABC poll was an outlier. And typically, I think polls are for strippers and firemen. But in this case, I actually do think that that is an accurate case based off of what I'm seeing out there in the States. So what this means, though, is, is that we need to spend a little bit less of our time worrying too much about where Nikki Haley or these people are talking about. The presidential primary is done. What we need to be watching is what the Uniparty does to try to defeat Donald Trump. 
and whether or not that's with no labels or what, how they're going to organize again to try and spend money against him, to try and cheat in the different swing states and elections, and really focusing on Joe Biden as our enemy. And then really looking at these Senate races and some of these House races, because my belief is that President Donald Trump is going to get in. Jack Posobiec put out a hilarious tweet that said, Donald Trump is now pulling above the margin of fraud. We're getting close to that. You know, they will they will try to cheat in every way possible. But when he gets in, are we going to have the soldiers and lieutenants in the United States Senate and in the United States Congress with him to truly take on this weaponization of government? And that needs to be a focus. Now, this weekend with Carrie, it was incredible. She's just still going all around. We were in Iowa. The 1,500 people showed up on Saturday morning to attend a prayer breakfast with Carrie Lake. All of them were voting for Trump. Trump, it is MAGA country in Iowa. She went door to door, knocking doors, every house. I'm with Trump. I'm with Trump. We then went to Michigan. Michigan was fascinating. Michigan GOP is a great example of what is going on right now and the problems with the Republican Party structure. The Christina Caramo won against all odds. And before Christina Caramo, Michigan GOP had always been run by very establishment Republicans. They have this huge combat at Mackinac Island every year. All the big donors come and, you know, all the presidential candidates traditionally have come through. They have been trying to kill Christina Caramo because she's focused on election integrity and America first. And so she was up against a lot of odds. The party chair before her, in fact, bankrupted the party to hand her an empty account and I'm so proud of her, what she was able to execute this weekend up against so many different odds. She had the most professional team, and these were teams of volunteers. These weren't paid professionals, consultants. Christina Krama went out and found people in her community and said, can you help me execute this conference? I know that you run a business. Can you help me run this like a business? My goodness, did they? They were on top of They were calling me every day. What type of water would Carrie Lake like in her room? What is the flight time arrival? We want to make sure your bags are taken care of. Just so detail-oriented, and it wasn't done with these paid consultants. It was done by people who stepped up and said, Christina, how can I help you execute this event? And what a fabulous event it was. Christina, um, Carrie gave a speech to a just roaring crowd of excited patriots. Jim Caviezel spoke. This is what we mean by the people need to step up and take over these state parties and help them out. The donors are gone. We would love to be able to figure out a way to bring them back in and tell them it is imperative to invest in these parties. They're not willing to do it right now. So you, the people watching War Room, need to be reaching out to your party chairs, your county party chairs, your precinct members, and saying, what can I do? I may have a skill set. Maybe it's not that I can't donate the most money, but do you have a skill set that you can offer your state party or your county party right now? You need to do it. And this, I was just so pleased to see the Michigan GOP come together the way they did. I want to I want to stick this for a second because this is, you know, the precinct strategy Phase one is everybody gets involved at the precinct level, and you can start to yeah. take over not just the precincts, but from the grassroots up, you can take over the uh, the actual state party apparatus, which is absolutely right. critical on so many different levels. Yep. But that goes also comes with the fact that the elites just are going to sit there once again and pat you on the head until you can show you can actually run. The first thing they're going to do is cut right. you off from money. They're, right. they're going to cut you off from money and make, yep. and as, as I can tell you from Georgia and South Carolina and Arizona, across the board, Nebraska. There's going to be huge fights over that apparatus at the beginning. They're just not going to sit there and go, oh, this is lovely. The precinct strategy folks are all, you know, MAGA's in charge. Isn't that great? No, they're going to fight you tooth and nail. Then they're going to cut off the money. Just go back through how Christine Cromwell was able to turn this around with no cash at all because yep. I think didn't they make huge payments up to Mackinac Island, took a bunch of rooms, so yep. the party would be essentially broke uh, at the beginning of her watch? Yeah, she inherited, for example, they had uh, pre-booked 300 hotel rooms, and, and it's a the Grand Hotel, gorgeous hotel. I think it's about $400 a night, though. 
Well, a lot of people can't afford to do $400 a night. They still want to come participate with their party. So she inherits this, you know, hotel minimum, all these different things. And so it, it was a very, and all the, the, the donors, I think there was even a story today about the, there's 87 basically donors that have ever funded the Michigan GOP. And all of them said, you know, that they weren't giving this year because of her. And then the headline out of this conference was Christina Caramo tells establishment Michigan GOP to pound sand. What a great, I actually love that headline. She pieced it together because she was smart. She found speakers that actually people would really want to see. She charged lower prices for people to be able to come. And she was able to make this work by finding hotels that were around that were cheaper so people could come in. So that way they could pay a fee to be able to come to the Michigan GOP and come to this event. And she made all this work up against everyone. They were dropping, go Google her name. You would see, you'd be amazed by the amount of negative stories that they tried to op it up. They're trying to impeach her, all these different things. She held her head high and pulled it off. And we all need to learn from that. And in Mich- if you're in Michigan, you need to surround yourself and help her. But this is not an isolated issue in Michigan. In Nevada, we have a wonderful chair. Michael McDonald is a killer. They just had an epic battle and won, by the way. They just went up against the DeSantis votes and said, you know what? We're not going to let uh, the the players that be the the Nevada government control our primary. We're going to have a caucus and do this ourselves. They went up against my friend Jeremy Hughes, if you remember, from the RNC. They had a big battle this weekend and won. Seagal Chada, do you remember how the War Room Posse got her elected as RNC committee woman? She led the charge in this fight. And we now have an independent caucus that's going to happen in Nevada that is going to go 90% for Donald Trump. And so these things that we are doing matter so, so much. And I will hear from others. Last time I was on, you know, I talked about the Pennsylvania GOP being essential. I got a lot of emails and calls of people saying that, you know, Caroline, I, I, we have a problem with their chairman. Okay, if that's the case, go one step down. Find a county chair that you like. If you don't like your county chair, go to the county over. We can't just say, no, 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 you know, we're going to operate entirely separate. We need to still like work within. I, I still like the Republican Party and our, I want to take our brand back. Starting a third party, I just don't see a route for. But so don't just let the, you know, the, if you find someone to be unacceptable to work with, again, just find a different outlet. Find an outlet through the precinct strategy. I could go on and on. But also bring in speakers. There are a lot of people. Carrie goes almost every day, goes around to speak. And, and we almost always say, yes, we want to help these parties. Matt Gates is willing to go around and help people. Steve, you're willing around to go and help people. Those are ways to help raise money for your county parties. Bring in America First speakers and then execute a strong event. And that can help. But please use the posse as a resource and do not give up. It's time to double down. You see, uh, I want to talk about the... Um Story in Politico, uh, and I don't know if I have the headline. If that's the case, that's okay. But Politico's lead story today was how the donors had essentially given up on, on the, you know, the Keebler Elves is not working out. You had uh, at the state level, you had the huge reversal. You had the huge loss for the for the DeSantis forces trying to get Trump to, to sign something. He would back any candidate. And Trump said, I'm not going to fall for that. You saw the defeat there. You've seen, as you've mentioned, other defeats in Nevada, et cetera. The donor class is coming to the understanding. Uh, and this was before the massive polling that dropped yesterday on NBC and ABC that it's over. This primary is over. Uh, and now it's just few, and they're being outed every day on places like the right. war room and other venues out there. They're being outed. Talk to me about uh, the donor class being, being outed and maybe saying, Hey, I can't go forward with the Keebler L's cause nobody got traction. But in, even in that, Youngkin's donors have convinced McCarthy we need a 45-day CR here because you've got to get past the Virginia uh, House and Senate elections 
because if Youngkin doesn't win those, he's not going to be able. He's not going to be the donor's last best hope of taking on Trump. Caroline Wren. There was no better example of where we are with the Republican donor class than this weekend, seeing Chris Christie in Arizona because he was there for a fundraiser being hosted by the Arizona Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, but was sitting in the box with the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, which to me, like, what an ultimate backstab, right? It's like you're endowed to actually do a fundraiser with the Cardinals owner, but you went and sat with the Cowboys owner. But this is like the joke of the the Republican donors is that our party has just moved so far away from where those donors have traditionally been. These are donors that were around during the Bush times and the Romney times and McCain times. And we aren't that party anymore. We're not the party of corporate tax cuts. We're not the party of endless wars. We are a more populist movement that is a more believing in we the people and the donor class is not yet caught up with that. They continue to still be willing to light money on fire on these ridiculous candidates. The Politico story you told me that we talked about this morning that you sent to me was about how these they bounced around from DeSantis to Tim Scott to Nikki Haley. It's going to be really fun to see these reports come out and see these donors give thirty three hundred dollars to basically each one of these candidates. This is all money that is not being spent on registering voters. This is all money that's not being spent on a ground game. This is money that's not being spent on election integrity. These donors, they don't care. They don't, at this point, I just said, they don't mind setting their money on fire, as evidenced by a group of like eight of the top Republican donors in Arizona hosting a fundraiser for Chris Christie. The next day, they're hosting a fundraiser for Mike Pence. It's almost the same host committee. And these are the biggest donors in each state. So we, this, we have got to figure out a way to piece to get one, we can do these things more efficiently. The amount of waste of donor money that is done in the Republican Party is astonishing. It's wasting it on television ads and different things. We need to spend wiser. We need to do a better job of harnessing our low dollar fundraising. The biggest deterrence to that is win red because our donors desperately want to give. They want to give to the Trump campaign. They want to support their local parties. They want to support their candidates. They go online to do so. And it's win red and they get very aggregated because they're like, well, now I don't want to give through that entity. I have no other option here. I can't find a mailing address. So some of these things are things that I'm working very hard to try and solve with these different groups and say, look, if you're going to insist on win red, I mean, at minimum, put in mailing address at the bottom. So people who want to give by check can or please move to Anadot. But we are not going to have that donor class we traditionally did. I'm trying to find new populist donors out there. They do exist. But guess what? Republican donors are not really conditioned to blow all their money on politics. Republican donors spend their money on uh, very wisely on investing in new companies, on saving money because they think that the economy, if we have Joe Biden again, could potentially tank as it is going and all the directions seems to show. And they fund their churches and their charitable giving. The left uses, I mean, they view their, their church is the Democratic Party. So their, their philanthropic giving is all around their church and their God, which is the Democratic Party, Soros, and bringing down Western civilization. So those are just realities that we have to deal with. And we, we have to step up and offer not just our treasure, but our time and our skill sets to help our people get into office because we have the right message. We have the right candidates. We don't have the right organization yet, but if we can match up those three things, we are unstoppable. There's no reason why we shouldn't be winning races by 10 points as evidenced by the Washington Post poll, because that is truly how far ahead we are if we just base this on our ideas. Talk to me about uh, how this is going to manifest itself in the primary season, in the, in the Senate, and in the House. 
The Senate I'm particularly concerned about. The candidate that I've been on a tirade, if you've been following me on Twitter about, is Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers is a former FBI agent turned congressman who was a uh, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. He was one of the authors of the Patriot Act. He is the literal. He was in charge of funding every single bill that fund the deep state. He wanted to jail Glenn Greenwald, by the way, a journalist, over the releasing of the different um, WikiLeaks documents. He is just, I mean, if I could write up a definition or use a person as an example of the deep state, this is who this man is. He left Congress 10 years ago to move to Florida, become a defense lobbyist and a CNN commentator where he has spent the past just like ripping Donald Trump on television. In fact, I remember I was looking at one clip where he is literally saying that Donald Trump's a conspiracy theorist. This is in 2017 on CNN because he was saying that the DOJ had been spying on his campaign. These are things that we now know to be true. So this man, Mike Rogers, has been recruited by the NRSC, by Steve Daines, by Washington, by Ron and McDaniel and others to get into the Senate race in Michigan. And I'm just thinking to myself, are, are you people insane? Donald, and he, now he's running, by the way, as he's trying to brand himself he built, as the MAGA candidate. This man worked at all the agencies, funded all of the agencies that Donald Trump says on day one he will dismantle when he gets in office. And that is who Washington, D.C. and the Republican National Committee wants to put into office in Michigan to run on a ticket with Donald Trump. They must be smoking Hunter's crack pipe. And so I'm very hopeful that James Craig is going to get into this race. He is the De uh, Detroit, Detroit police chief that literally kept that city together during Black Lives Matter. He's a brilliant conservative man who has already endorsed Donald Trump. And you know what? I've heard some in the ground in Michigan. The number one thing is they did not want Mike Rogers. But again, the, the uniparty is strong and we have to coalesce behind a candidate. I hope that ends up being James Craig. But this is truly the most dangerous candidate that they have put up and we need to be watching out. Also in Montana, Montana is a very winnable race for us. But the D.C. establishment, all of them ever going behind Tim Sheehy. Look, I don't know this man. I've never met him. But the first thing I did was Google Tim Sheehy Ukraine. And all these things pop up. In fact, one was a LinkedIn post that he did saying, just doing GoFundMe and sending money to Ukraine is not enough. We need soldiers, bullets, ammo, boots on the ground in Ukraine to fight Russia. This, he made this post less than a year ago. Now, all of a sudden, he's in the Senate race, and he said, oh, no more funding for Ukraine. I'm sorry, but if that is your mindset one year ago, it has not changed. The only thing that changed is you're now in a primary and realizing, hey, 99% of Republican voters do not want a ground war with Russia and don't want to keep sending blank checks to Ukraine. So you can't, they're trying to just whitewash and, and rebrand these people and we cannot allow it to happen. And it is just amazing to me that the folks that are in charge in DC of picking these candidates are, are doing this. And they're doing it in such a way of the bribery. I mean, you, we were talking here, you had James Craig on where they had a senior consultant call, literally bribe him out of, try, attempt to bribe him out of the race. And he said, no, it's no different than what they did to Carrie Lake. Do you remember when Carrie talked about this? About six months ago, someone came to Carrie Lake's door and said, tell me an amount of money it'll take to keep your name off the ballot in 2024. And Carrie said, zero. You can write a hundred million. I'm not going to do it. You saw some stories that Carrie's very likely to also get in this race, in the Senate race. I'm hopeful she does because Donald Trump is going to need backup when he gets in. He's going to need backup to stand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. We're not doing this. Rand Paul is basically alone this bill is now going to come through the Senate. Rand Paul's the only one who can attempt to stop the Ukraine funding, but they're still going to steamroll him. We have to get him some backup. And if we send people like Tim Sheehy and Mike Rogers to the United States Senate, 
They are not going to be backup for us. They're going to be backup for Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, John Thune, and the very folks that have gotten us into the predicaments that we're in today. So these primaries are important. Please keep continue watching and donate to the conservative candidates that can win. And we will continue to keep you updated on this show as to who those folks are. We need the MAGA candidates. There's no doubt about that. Um, Caroline, this is an amazing report. Um, and uh, other states right now, local GOPs, give me, a, give me a minute on that. Where else should people in these states be looking to volunteer and, and helping folks? All roads, 2024, especially these are states that match Senate races and the president. So you have Nevada, you have Arizona, you have Montana has a Senate race. Trump will win by 20 something points. Pennsylvania has both. Wisconsin has both. Uh, Michigan has both. And so the only state that doesn't is Georgia. Georgia, though, I'm tremendously worried about. I mean, we <laughs> Georgia, we, we know the history and story there, but we've got to get President Trump over the line there. And we are up against not only the Democrats, but we're up against our own party in Georgia when it comes to things like election integrity and turnout. And you have the governor continuously speaking out and, and trashing Donald Trump. So Georgia, we need to be worried about. But really, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, um, those are, those are the states, and their, their local GOPs have to be well-funded. We have to be organized there. We cannot count on the Republican National Committee. And look, I'm not here just to trash the RNC all day. Obviously, I've vocalized that I don't think Rana was the strongest candidate and that I don't think she's doing a good job. But here's the deal. If We have to have a funded party. I mean, the, when Donald Trump becomes a nominee, the, his campaign and the RNC merge. And when you're do, you donate, it becomes Trump victory between those entities. So I don't, I don't just want to tear down Rana or the RNC. I want to figure out a way to, to use our voices as us, the war room posse, and exactly how we did it with Ken Paxton to have his back to tell those state senators no, how we are doing in rallying behind Matt Rosendale and Matt Gates and others to say, no, 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 you won't force the CR. That's the approach that we should be doing with these national Republican, with the National Republican Party and our state party chairs if you don't like them. We can't just boycott them entirely. We need to pressure them and say, look, this is how we view things. We are the majority in this state and you answer to us, not the other way around. And so we've got to forge and force these relationships there. But until then, work your way down and up. Start at the local levels. Keep giving to precinct strategies. Give to your county GOPs. Give to your state GOP if you're willing. And then we will go from there. But it's going to take all of us truly together to get past the finish line here. Caroline, what's your social media? Where do people go? It's at Caroline Wren. Twitter, Gitter, Caroline, True thank Social. You. Thank you for taking the time. Sure. Thank you for taking the time today. And all the folks out in Michigan, it was a fantastic weekend. I want to thank all the Warren Posse that turned out there. It was just a great weekend. So, Claire, Carrie lit it on fire. Christina Cromwell, yeah. you guys are heroes. HomeTitleLock.com. Remember, there's $6 trillion of equity sitting in homes throughout the nation, the equity in the homes. The cyber criminals see that. They understand rates are very high. Nobody's taking out second mortgages. What about if they got into your title and took out a second unbeknownst to you at these interest rates? It would probably be the end of you financially. HomeTitleLock.com. Go check it out today. Make sure the cyber bad guys can't take away your castle. Short commercial break. Back in the warm in a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it because it just might. 
More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action, use your agency, do it today, get the benefits of the sale. Do you get the feeling that the unthinkable is going to happen soon? Well, I do. But between the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Let me repeat that. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare today with emergency food that will stay fresh for up to 25 years. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. And don't forget about water filtration and purification products. These are perfect for your bug out bag, survival supply, or your camping pack. One thing is for sure in this world. We all need to stock up before panic sets in. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what is coming. So prepare with the best. MyPatriotSupply.com. Take action, action, action. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China in medications, and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. 
Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the US government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the US also funds the divers, who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers to make them safe again for swimming and fishing. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that to keep it afloat, the US government is subsidizing small businesses. How this, uh, how are they surprised by that? How is 60 Minutes surprised by that? We've been talking about this forever. It's $5 billion a month. And by the way, they're being hidden. Oh, it's a million and a half. But it, no, it's, it's $5 billion a month. I'm going to write this. Uh, ben Harnwell uh, from Rome. Ben, thank you uh, for staying up this evening. And, and this, is, this is central to the fight that we're having now on Capitol Hill. You just heard uh, about Tim Sheehy. And Mike Rogers, who are both, you know, Mike Rogers, a deep state guy, Tim Sheehy from the military, a neocon, uh, they, they historically been all over Ukraine. Now, oh, no, I don't know about Ukraine because they understand that the Republican base is at zero. This 60 Minutes thing last night blew people's heads up to, to the degree that they're funding small business, agriculture, the seed business. Walk us through what's happening, sir. Good afternoon, Steve. Well, you know, his news report brings me back to something that we covered on the war room a couple of months ago, which was the news that actually Ukraine, very far from being bankrupt, has been stockpiling a lot of the cash, the dollars that America has sent through. And I think they had foreign, had a, that is a foreign currency reserves from their perspective of, of, of several billion. Um, so the country isn't bankrupt. And it's a legitimate question to ask, where is all this money going? It's not going on training um, uh, border colleagues, for sure. Um, today, the Associated Press News had an article, and I'll just read the headline, I won't go into it in depth, saying, using duct tape and bombs, Ukraine's drone pilots wage war with low-cost improvised weapons. Um, so, 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 so these stories about the, the lack of resources, on the one hand, there's a conflict between those stories um, and the fact that we know that Ukraine is sitting on a, on a lot of cash, um, why it's sitting on that cash, what it intends to do with that cash is somewhat mysterious, as is, of course, uh, where the vast majority of financial support has gone. No, but I want to get I want to get to the uh, I want to get to the to the to the uh, the heart of the matter. Not only we've sending virtually almost all the weapons and now we're sending intermediate range missiles to escalate the war 
because the Europeans are, and even the polls over the weekend said, no more. You insulted us. We're not going to do it. You're flooding our country with cheap grain. Our farmers are getting destroyed. We're nationalists. We're populist nationalists. We can't do that. And you go to the UN and insult us. But bifurcate that. We are underwriting the Ukrainian economy. And, and 60 Minutes just said, I mean, her opening statement saying we were surprised. What You're supposed to be the cutting edge news service in the world, or investigative reporter. Where have you been? These people are so stupid. It's been out there that we're, we're underwriting the, the economy. We're sending, I think, and this is why we need an audit. I, I think we're sending $5 billion a month. We're paying for their pensions. We're paying for their health care. People in the United States, wouldn't St. Louis like $5 billion just one month? How about Charleston, South Carolina? How about, uh, I can pick Detroit, Michigan, Cincinnati, you know, Boise, Idaho. Pick it. This, this, is, this is an outrage, and it's kind of champagne and oysters there. You, you see the pictures of people at the beach. They're at the beach. They're, they're living the good life. The nightlife there is, is robust and, and vibrant. I, I don't see where – look, the eastern part and the shelling and all that is horrific. But the rest of the country looks like the party's on at the expense of American taxpayers, Ben. The party it's only being on at American taxpayers' expense. And we've been covering this, I think, for the last 18 months, you know, going back, if you remember, to not only to the, the famous beach parties down in uh, Odessa, um, but also the, the gold leaf facial massages um, of happy memory. No, um, the, the party has been going on, but of course, that's only pretty much to a certain strata of the, 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 the gold leaf um, facials aren't going to be for ordinary working day Ukrainians. Those are the folks who are going to are being sent against their will, press ganged to the front lines. The gold leaf facials, which you're paying for, which Americans are paying for, are going to the oligarchs and their families. Um, so there is, you know, talking about being the, the, how this money is bifurcated on the ground uh, in, in Ukraine. There is a, a dissonance there between that, how that how that money corruptly is. Um, is swishing about. You mentioned, Steve, the, the these new the, the attack on missiles. I haven't actually been able to find any White House statement saying that the, that these missile that these attackums are going to be given. All I can find are some very well sourced um, uh, news reports referring to this, but I can't seem to find an official statement. Apparently, it was discussed last Thursday between President Biden. And President Zelensky, where Biden assured well, hold it, Zelensky hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I want to, I want to, I want to go to this. This gets to the whole where we are now with this war and politically. Everything last week was really behind closed doors. Nobody wanted photo ops with him. They didn't do the joint press conference. There was no statement on the attackums, but it was leaked out that this happened. Right now, in the capitals of Europe, and this is why the Polish situation is so important. For the polls to come out, and you know, there's many. Other countries, there's a populist uprising from Germany. You know, we had uh, we had Beatrix on from uh, Alternative from Deutschland the other day. You see what's happening in Italy. You see what's happening in France. We just won um, uh, Le Pen and Front National just won three Senate seats that caught everybody surprised over, over the weekend. Although the Senate's not as strong as the Assembly, it, this is symbolically very important. The, the populist rights on the rise, and the populist right wants. This focus on their nation's problem and their people's problem. No more money to the oligarchs in Ukraine. And you saw last week the disastrous for all the Zelensky fanboys. Nobody wanted, you know, uh, McCarthy didn't have his Ukraine pin on, didn't have his Ukraine 
uh, you know, uh, pocket square on. I didn't want a picture in public with him. No, no picture at all. They had one in this private meeting he had. The, the, the House conference didn't want to meet with him. They, and they didn't allow that. Forgets talking to a joint session. So are we seeing a turning here now? Has this become front, front burner? In the, in the 60 minutes, as weak tea as it was, was pretty shocking given what the mainstream media has been feeding the American people. Because the feedback I got on this, people were in shock about they didn't understand how much money people, uh, the United States was giving, taxpayers were giving to individual shop owners over there. Ben Harnwell. Yes, for sure, the, the pivot is well underway here in continental Europe. Um, you mentioned Poland. Let's just read out the actual quote from, uh, from the Polish prime minister who told Zelensky to never, and I quote, never insult Poles again uh, after stirring up that drama uh, with the grain remark where, uh, where Zelensky had said, without naming um, specific countries, that, that certain of his European allies were feigning support while secretly supporting Russia. That, and that comment was, to- was taken um, very personally by Poland. Poland thought, that, uh, I think correctly, uh, that, that it was the, the, the object of that statement. Um, and that's a great slap in the face. To, to the Poles and the huge sacrifices they've made, and um, accepting, I think, over a million Ukrainians um, over the last year and a half. Um, and that is sort of, that, you know, the difference between now, this is how you know that there's a pivot un- underway, because the things that Zelensky is saying, um, though he has toned down some of his bullying um, uh, aggression, his bullying aggression has been toned down, it's not been eliminated. And things that would have just been breezed over without any ruffled feathers six months ago are now sort of taking front page position in the press and staying there day after day. That's how you know when Zelensky thinks that he's going to be applying pressure um, with some of these pointed remarks. He thinks, oh, that's going to give my supporters in Poland some uh, the, 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 the bottom up support in order to pressure the government to give me more support. He doesn't realise, I don't think, Steve, he doesn't realise that the, how, how far the, the mood now has moved away from him. I think he went to the United States um, very misguidedly, but I think he went to the United States last week because he had misjudged the domestic political tenor now with regards to America's support of Ukraine. And, and that's another manifestation of how Zelensky is misreading these things. Now, you can understand he's spending most of his time in, in a bunker, so you can understand how... Um, how he could misread these things, um, and he'd been he'd been he'd been welcomed like like the second coming of the Messiah for for, for twelve months, and he'd been to various parliaments. Yes. He'd been piped in on uh, over the screens to, to, on many more. So he had in the back of his head this idea that wherever he goes, he'll be fated. And if a government isn't sort of snapping into line, he'll just drop a few remarks, and then the mainstream media of, of whichever country we're talking about will, will pick up his remarks and, and use them to bash the government over the head. We're not in that situation anymore. Um, Steve, though, talking about Ukraine, there is um, there is a possibility that, that Americans are trying now a, a more subtle manoeuvre now to, to create some distance between themselves and Zelensky, which is why I don't know, um, I, I don't think we've, we've spoken this uh, um, recently over, over the last uh, couple of days, but there's now noises coming out of the United States, pressure from, from people, including like Senator Lindsey Graham, rather strangely, putting pressure on Ukraine to go ahead and have uh, its presidential election in March next year. And I can only guess 
that one of the reasons perhaps some people in America are, are pushing this on Zelensky because because they know his his his, his domestic political support yeah. has fallen through the floor. Um, and that's one no. way that they can promote that the West can promote democracy, but in in one way, sort of wash their hands of President Zelensky. I mean, I'll be watching this particularly closely now as these calls for for elections um, yeah. in Ukraine. No, this is this is political. This is this is political pressure from from the MAGA base. Uh, ben, we got to bounce. How do people uh, How do people get to you? Because this the we're going to have Ben on every day talking about Ukraine and how it interrelates the government funding in the United States because this $25 billion supplemental is going to be a big issue, folks. Ben Harnwell, how do we get to you? Um, I'll just quick, I'll quickly give two means of, of keeping up with me. Please, folks, if you haven't already done it, do register for our newsletter, our daily newsletter. Um, and you can register for that if you haven't already done it um, on warring.org. I'm not going to give my own profile. Steve, I'm going to give yours. You're very kindly pushing my stuff out on folks. If you haven't, if you're not on Getter yet, and I know a lot of people sort of follow the war room and they don't do so on Getter, Steve, at Steve Bannon, it's one of the most popular platforms, one of the most popular profiles on the platform, a little less than 5 million um, followers. I'm there now every day. My stuff's going out on that profile. Please go there. Um, it's, the, it's the best. It's a, it's a, what do you call it, Steve? It's a, it's a, 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 a water hose, of, of a fire hose of information. Everything you need fire to know about what's going on. Is there on Steve's feed, and I'm there as well. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay, uh, Birch, I need you to go to birchgold.com/slash Bannon right now. Why? We need you fully engaged in this debate over the direction of the country, the financial direction of the country, and this is going to arm you. We got a totally free. Uh, four-part series, the end of the dollar empire. We need you fully up to speed on kind of the macroeconomic developments. Also, Philip Patrick and team are there to take your calls. Ask them point blank. Hey, when I read this and I watch War Room and see the stuff Bannon puts up on Getter and Grace and others put up on social media, I understand the BRICS nations are buying gold at record rates. They have all the resources, but the United States Federal Reserve is focused on a central bank digital currency. What gives? Why is that? Ask them the question. Then you think about the answer. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Okay, we got a cold open. There's other massive news happening. I don't want to make sure we lose the thread in this. Play the cold open for Joe Allen. Because you really surprised people recently when you said probably the most important product development going on at Tesla this year is this robot Optimus. Yes. In order to solve self-driving, you really needed to solve real-world AI. Um, and at the point at which you solve real-world AI for a car, which is really a robot on four wheels, uh, you can then generalize that to a robot on legs as well. People have no idea. This is, this is going to be bigger than the car. I mean, it could recognize, obviously, recognize everyone in the home. Yeah. Could play catch with your kids. Yes. I mean, obviously, we need to be careful that this doesn't uh, become a dystopian situation. Um, you know, can you have a romantic partner, a sex partner? I mean, a lot of it's probably inevitable. I mean, I did promise the internet that I'd make cat girls. We could make a robot cat girl. But, you know, I think we'll have like an interesting prototype uh, sometime this year. We, we might have something useful next year, but I think quite likely within at least two years. Elon Musk's brain chip startup Neuralink says it has received approval to begin recruiting patients for its first human trial. 
An independent review board has given the green light for the company to seek people with paralysis to test its experimental device in a six-year study. The study will use a robot to surgically place a brain-computer interface, or BCI, implant in a region of the brain that controls the intention to move. The overarching goal of Neuralink is to create a, ultimately a whole brain interface, a generalized input-output device that in, you know, in the long term literally could interface with uh, every aspect of your brain. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about a long-term goal uh, it's going to sound a little esoteric, but it, it was actually the sort of my, my prime motivation. Kind of what, what, what do we do about AI? Like, what do we do about artificial general intelligence? If, if we have digital superintelligence that's you know, just much smarter than any human, how do we mitigate that risk? It's, it's spooky. It's spooky. Um, 2030s is when the merge happens. Uh, so we've got Neuralink coming uh, and, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe other systems like that. And what does it mean once you actually are kind of merging with, with an intelligence? So it's not, it's, not, it's not clear to me that the Neuralink will be ready before uh, AGI. I think AGI is probably going to happen first. The reason for, for Neuralink, although in, initially it will be very help, helpful to people who have um, brain or spine injuries, and ultimately to improve the bandwidth between the cortex and uh, your AI the AI version of yourself. And if, if uh, ultimately hundreds of millions or billions of people get um, a high bandwidth interface to their digital tertiary self, their AI self effectively, then that, that seems like that probably leads to a better future for, for humanity. Stunningly scary. The book is Dark Aeon. It explains it all to you. Joe Allen is the author or editor. Joe, um, we were promised for a long time by uh, by um, uh, Elon Musk that Neuralink was always going to be something else. It's pretty evident what he's trying to do. This is the merger of man and the machine, sir. 100%, Steve. And as you saw there at the beginning, uh, Musk has his hands in many different projects, all of which are directed towards a transhuman vision of the future. Uh, yesterday, I'm sorry, two days ago, uh, Tesla put out uh, a call for 50-plus uh, engineers and roboticists to work on Optimus. Uh, people saw that display that you saw there. The, uh, the robot is moving objects from one place to another. Uh, it seems very modest, uh, to say the least, but I think that it can really uh, miss people's attention that this is an enormous breakthrough in both artificial intelligence and robotics. Uh, as you heard there, once you can train an AI on the outside world, you can then allow that AI to both learn uh, and, and, and observe physical things rather than, say, just text on the Internet, and, of course, also to manipulate the outside world. In Musk's dream, that will lead to every job on Earth eventually uh, being, being taken by robots, leaving us with radical abundance to be distributed by tech oligarchs to those who no longer have any place in the economy. Uh, and then the second element that you saw there is Neuralink, which people, uh, you know, I disagree with Musk on many things, but I cannot emphasize enough how much I agree. The smartphone is undoubtedly a stepping stone to the normalization of a direct brain-computer interface. And what Musk said there, and people oftentimes talk about, yes, it will be used to help the blind see and the lame walk. That is all true. 
But as you heard him say there, his vision, his ultimate vision, is to use Neuralink to mitigate the risk, to link human brains to vast artificial intelligence systems. How many? Well, there you heard him estimate hundreds of millions to billions of people, all of whom are jacked into a, an artificial intelligence system, not unlike ants who follow the pheromone tra trails of a queen in a colony. Uh, Joe, where do people go to get you, where they get the book, where they get all of your content? Well, it's, as I've said, the book concentrates on all of these elements from America to China to Israel, so on and so forth. The seventh chapter is dedicated to Elon Musk and looking at his motivations, looking at all the projects he's at work on. And of course, looking at that in light of Yuval Noah Harari's critique in Homo Deus. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Uh, go to Amazon if you like Skyhorse Publishing directly. You can find links to all of this at the top of my social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. You can find it at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. And you can find it at the top of my website, jobot.xyz. If you want to understand the civilizational transformation, this is definitely the place to start. It's a textbook. Joe, Joe Allen, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you the rest of the week. Thank you very much, Steve. Jace Medical, don't be caught, don't be caught unawares when the Chinese Communist Party starts to lock down all the supply chains that deal with your vital medicines. Go to jacemedical.com and make sure it doesn't happen to you. If you like the shows today, four hours, we're going to be even more intense tomorrow. See you back in the war room, 10 a.m. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.